म्यूजिक an ancient evolving tradition whose principles and practices will alter the reader's notion of what music might and can be in a deeply personal and revelatory exploration of indian classical music chaudhary dwells on its most distinctive and mysterious characteristics its extraordinary approach to time language and silence its embrace of confoundment and its ethos of evocation over representation the result is a strange gift of a book for musicians and music lovers and for any creative mind in search of diverse and transforming inspiration so that's what the book's about and i, I think that somehow like maybe the flap won't give the reader an a real idea of what the book is and it's difficult to explain what it's about because i found while i was reading it there are so many things that you've explored in it mm-hmm. you know right let's start with an easy question like what uh, you know Uh, that a that a listener can grasp so like, what made you write this book first off what made me write this book okay. yeah um <clears throat> i think the uh, i mean the first thing that i carried with me a long time might have been uh this idea of exploring the different way different from let's say the way we understand western music or western classical music or even the way we understand writing and painting the mm-hmm. different way in which uh north indian classical music is related to the world so uh, every piece of art or work of art every artwork we presume is related to the world in some way mm-hmm. we demand this relation most of all let's say from from a genre like the novel where we kind of assume that it has to be about something that it has to have a theme um that it's kind of a form of documentation or inquiry into the lives and psychology of the characters or a portrait of the milieu they live in okay so mm-hmm. so we have all these assumptions about the novel which may or may not be true about its relationship to the world we we don't think of it purely as language um mm. uh, we tend to we allow ourselves to do that a little more with poetry we allow ourselves to focus on it as language but even there we think of you know what the poem is about with painting we we think of it often as representational and we might make jokes even today and feel confused about abstract painting um mm. So so uh with western classical music there is a connection to the world uh that we sort of read into the music when we listen to it which has to do often with emotion so so um 
as I say in the book, in a in a very basic way, the lay listener uh, has been taught to when listening to Western music, Western classical music, has been taught to associate the major scale hmm. uh, with with uh, with happiness, yes, and, and the minor scale with sadness. Hmm. Now. Uh, this can also then uh, extend into all kinds of modulations. So if it's a dark day, you might have... So now we are moving from uh, emotions to representations of the world. If it's a dark day, we, uh, if we had background music in a film, it maybe would not be... If it's a storm gathering, we would not use a, a, a tune in a major scale to go... Hmm. We would we would use a different kind of tune and maybe a tune with with connotations of the minor, okay? Yes, uh, yes. But on on a, on a on a on a bright and sunny day, we are not going to use that same kind of arrangement. We are going to use a more upbeat kind of music in terms mm. of tempo, but also uh, may, may notes which are not flats and sharps. Yes. So uh, um, this is the way one relates music to the world, whether it's the world of one's emotion or the world of the human being and their journey or the world that the human being lives in. This is the way it's related in our heads in, uh, in Western, for the lay listener, at least for Western, mm-hmm. uh, where Western classical music is concerned. And I think since Western classical music is so ubiquitous or Western music is so ubiquitous through films, for instance, that's one of the ways in which Western music is ubiquitous, um, that we make these associations and we make these presumptions about uh, how that music um, relates to the world. Now, Indian classical music doesn't relate to the world in that way. Uh, uh, you know, a, a raga with flats and sharps uh, could have and probably does have great meditative poise and it does not represent emotional agitation in the way that let's say it might do in western in a western context where let us say uh, chromatic notes that is notes neighboring each other um, as in ragshri sa ni sa re sa these are the first three notes let's say in ragshri rag purvi rag puriyadhanashri rag basan mm-hmm. Okay, now if you if you play this in a Western context, now these are these are chromatic notes. They invoke terror or or anxiety or tension. But 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 in 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 Puriya Dhanashri or in Shri. In Sri, certainly, I mean, where the where the sec where the second note, the flat second, is dwelt upon, I, I mean, these things are brought in uh, to 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 explore a sense of meditation. Yes, uh, and and uh, Sri is sung in twilight, so twilight then also begins to have this association of meditation. Once you think of the rag Sri, Puriya Dhanashri mm-hmm. sung in the evening. It it moves in a slightly different way, but again, the the ethos is of expression and meditation. We do not we do not uh, fall into this dichotomy of happy or sad, mm. or 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 you know dark moments where evening represents sadness, maybe or 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 
uncertainty. Mourning represents happiness. We don't fall into these dichotomies. Basant, um, mm. uh, where where these notes occur, the ones I just said. Yes, you've mentioned why why it's so easy. I mean, perhaps that's why it's so easy to you know that uh, Walt Disney and all these Hanna Barbera used actual scores, right? And films as well to use scores. Yes. from classical music to to denote moods now uh, rag basant uses the same notes more or less as shri and puri adhanashi but rag basant is sung during the spring and mm. it, it therefore has a spring spring like quality of rejuvenation you know you mm. associate it with uh, something coming back to life so mm. so um so what i'm saying is that, that the relationship of the rag to worldliness it is there is a deep relationship but it's not the same kind of relationship that you that you hear with uh west or that that you're led to make assumptions about from mm. what, the way we listen to western music and and uh um this this basic idea because of the the rag's relationship to the world i think was also associated with my renewed kind of interest in the everyday mm. you know as a as a writer that mm. that everyday is where meaning lay where where it was it, it only remained for us to look at it in a new way mm. so mm. Uh, uh, this this basic idea i i want i carried it around with me for 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 quite a few years and i okay. want to write about it hmm okay so you were mulling on this for a while before you put it down then for a long time yes mm-hmm. yeah it was with me for a long time yeah you know it's it's a different book mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's exploring things which um which are not i know you you can't catch them is right you can't catch them and put them down you know what i mean like you explored uh, you explored music but you also you know it's also exploring family and you know uh india you know what it means to be indian things like that, right so i mean these are questions that i have been sort of thinking about in my criticism as well and uh, i've allowed my essays and my criticism also to be open ended and not mm-hmm. uh, just purely academic exercises they are not academic exercises at all so mm-hmm. uh, they 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 are also uh, testaments to my my thought processes and the context of my life in which those thought processes are occurring in which i am um in in engagement with an idea and maybe in argument with certain other ideas i'm i'm talking about my critical essays my essays mm-hmm. you know um so uh, um i have been interested in the essay as a form in in which one can be oneself and also introduce once thought processes and follow them through i've been interested mm-hmm. in that form for quite some time even as a fiction writer i've been interested in blurring the kind of uh, difference between mm-hmm. fiction and life you know um yeah. so so um i was ready to do this about music i wanted not to write a scholarly book about music because i was not interested in writing such a book but mm-hmm. a book of a, a book that explored uh, the relationship uh, of not only music to my life and my discovery of music but the relationship of 
ideas, to lived experience, to, reass- to, to, to be able to reassess and rethink what we understand by culture, cultures, mm-hmm. musical traditions, tradition, mm-hmm. all these things were that we often take for granted, but which are always in a state of utter flux to actually mm-hmm. understand them, but in a context that was true to my own sense of uh, uh, writing being a, a, an open-ended thing, not a closed kind of thing where you approach things only in a in a in a kind of pre-decided form or pre-decided. Mm-hmm. That that's so. It, all of this kind of uh, made me think that it might be a good moment to 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 write this. Okay, so this this bit struck me. You know. Something spiritual happens when a voice departs its accepted register. You know, when you're talking about Kesar by uh, uh, Kerkar and, and, you know, Bal Gandharv and, you know, that whole chapter, when you're talking about, you know, uh, the Maharashtrian, the great Maharashtrian singers of the classical form and, uh, you know, and listening to it on uh, Channel 2 in, in Bombay. That sort of, like, I found this, can you just talk a bit about that? How, um, and I, I it, this really struck me, something, Spiritual happens when a voice departs its accepted register, which is often determined by gender. And it's so true. So let's talk about that. One thing that I uh, became, uh, that I got introduced to when I finally got round to listening to vocal music. When you are listening to music, um, Mm. you are never with a kind of music and a kind of sort of immersion in just pure voice as you are with Hindustani classical music. Hmm. If you're listening to pop songs, if you're listening to Hindi film songs, if you're even listening to opera, you are not, you know, um, in contact with just pure voice for such hmm. a limited period of time. And even voice, the vocal music, as far as I was concerned, you know, and I think this is true of my contemporaries who, from my people, from my background, who may, may, many of them who may never have got around to listening to vocal music uh, in Hindustani classical music, but may have heard Ravi Shankar hmm. or, or, or Ali Akbar Khan or Amjad Ali Khan or Hari Prasad Chaurasia or Shiv yeah. Kumar Sharma. You know, hmm. they might have heard them, but the encounter with vocal music is another matter altogether. And um, you keep putting it off. You know, mm. when you're not familiar with this music. Um, mm. So the voice brings a kind of new meaning in Hindustani classical music um, and a new sense of tonality and also calm, I think, of, of you have to, when you listen to it, you have to make your own meaning out of it, which has to do yes. with the calm of the voice and with the beauty of its tone. Hmm. So there, are no, there are no external fire, fireworks right away in alap, in Hindustani classical music, where the vocalist is concerned. So hmm. you're not sitting waiting for the sawal jawab or, or even the, the kind of, uh, you know, alluring sounds of the sitar uh, um, uh, in gut and uh, in jhala and gut and and you know uh, uh, 
all those fireworks that happen at the end, mm-hmm. uh, which you can sit and expect to happen with the voice. You are in a realm of meaning which isn't pre-decided, especially when you encounter it in in the early days of listening. Mm-hmm. So, 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 so there was that. What is this meaning, and and uh, uh, what can we call it? Except a kind of spiritual register, except that that spiritual register is unconnected to uh, to religion or to 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 even the devotional. So you know, mm-hmm. it's khayal is not bhajan. You know, yeah. it, it's it's uh, it's approaching the thing this register in a completely different, unfettered, unshackled way. It it is a very strange uh, because it's unfettered and unshackled. You know, with the bhajan. You can hear the song. You can hear the lyrics. Hmm. You can hear it as a song. With 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 khayal, you can't hear it as a song. You're yes. you're, you're being introduced to a progression of notes, and hmm. uh, and the voice is kind of entering and introducing you to this world of st- strangeness, which is also very calm. It's not as if the strangeness seems to be a cause of anxiety to the singer or or meant to cause anxiety in the listener it is a it is strange but it is calm and mm. what is this thing which is strange and unfamiliar but tranquil uh, mm. so so you become used to new ways of under, understanding the strange as it comes to you in music in tonal register as as a form of beauty as a form of tranquility you be- begin to become m- more accustomed to that then alongside that you you encounter the variety of voices so that a voice like vishwadeep chatterjee or mm. abdul karim khan when you first hear them it sounds as if it's a woman singing mm. you know? um and the voices are very high not all the voices of male singers are high but 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 mm. those kind of high voices are allowed as if there is an ever expanding idea of what is beauty and what what a voice might be what therefore what a male voice might be also you know mm-hmm. um, similarly with with kesar bai kerkar you 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 come into contact with a a, a much lower voice than you yes. associate with a female so you, when you first listen to her you think uh, is this a man uh then you realize no it's one of the great female wom- woman singers of of, mm-hmm. of modern age in classical music and then you mm-hmm. think uh, the, uh, then you realize also my goodness this voice is extremely beautiful but yes. according to the 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 uh, according to my sort of conventional way of approaching voices this shouldn't be a beautiful voice but it is extraordinarily beautiful it is uh it 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 is not only in tune it embodies tune to the extent that it sometimes becomes indistinguishable from the sarangi that is playing it so when it mm. hits the upper sa and when the sarangi accompanying kesarbai uh hits the upper sa sometimes it becomes difficult to know when the sarangi is playing and when the voice is singing mm. so it 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 embodies uh tunefulness and melody in that way uh, but but it's not a in a conventional sense uh, a pretty female voice you know yes. but it's yes. not it doesn't fall in the dichotomy either it's not it's not rough or or ugly it is beautiful so you mm-hmm. understand that the 
that 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 the the parameters for understanding beauty for experiencing beauty are widening as you mm-hmm. as you as you become acquainted with with these voices and these traditions mm-hmm. And, you know, um, I think early on in the book, you say something about how classical music is always, um, it's foreign in a sense, yeah. even within the culture. So yeah. it you is. talk about that. It is. It it's is so true. You know? It is foreign within the culture as all classical traditions are. I mean, even in the West, hmm. I, I don't think, uh, you know, a child or even a man who is unaccustomed uh, uh, to opera uh, hmm. would, would sit listening to it uh, um, unless the, the man or the woman had uh, some kind of social aspiration that hmm. they associated with listening to opera. But but it's certainly something that needs not only getting used to, your ears need to become used to certain kind of nuances and uh, and tonalities. And with, hmm. with Indian classical music, you need to uh, get used to, but you also... It's a it's it's a process of lifelong education for the singer, but also for the listener. You know, mm-hmm. um, and and uh, education here is not boring. It is it is connected with discovery and creativity. So mm-hmm. it's another form of creativity. And um, and 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 you know, um, so so uh, b- b- no classical tradition is even art. I would say. Art is not simple, and art is mm-hmm. not art is not something that's familiar. We we yes. over over the over our lifetimes become gradually acquainted with it, uh, mm-hmm. and begin to appreciate it. Uh, mm-hmm. Some things in art more quickly than others, but it it takes time, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So the whole idea that we have some innate ability to understand then forgoes the pleasure of discovering through difficulty uh, great pleasure, you know, mm-hmm. possibility mm-hmm. of great pleasure, which are not immediately accessible um, mm-hmm. and, and which we spend a lifetime sort of discovering. The, if we think that it's all ready-made and over there for us to, to partake of or discover, and, and and if we don't understand it, we reject it straight away. Then we for, forego this kind of process, which is extremely revelatory to do with discovering things. Hmm. Um, I, I suppose you know that takes us to you know, you've spoken about uh, how te- you know how maybe substandard eighties Hindi film music was and I, I guess it's because it's so easily um, I mean it's so easy in a sense right it doesn't make you it doesn't take the listener I don't know it doesn't take you down any uh, path also path. in the 80s a lot of music not just in Hindi film but a lot of music begins to become packaged in, in mm. a way uh, mm. uh, music begins to be done on tracks increasingly uh, singers come and sing their parts later um, and and so there is a dissociation between musicians in mm-hmm. the recordings you hear, which and that dissociation is not always used of of very, it's very uh, infrequently used in a creative way. So so mm-hmm. there is that, and then the, the the singers kind of the 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 tone and the 
timber of the voices of singers begin to lose their kind of individuality F- singers become mm-hmm. a kind of element in the assembly line of of mm-hmm. just speaking about films then of filmmaking you know mm-hmm. so so uh, of course good things did happen in the 80s in in pop music i'm sure but but it was a time of kind of um, Uh, of 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 that kind of tonality going away what we also in, uh, uh, sort of uh, identify as analog in 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 music yes. as opposed to digital mm-hmm. uh, i'm not saying great work can't be done through, mm-hmm. through uh, digitized means but the the, the 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 kind of warmth of analog mm-hmm. um, the, the the word warmth is used often there uh, mm-hmm. as opposed i believe it must be as opposed to coldness you know mm-hmm. so, so that, that that warmth uh, that intimacy the proximity that mm-hmm. that uh, that warmth and intimacy uh, suggests that that begins to go away um yeah mm-hmm. that's amit choudhury author of finding the raga and improvisation on indian music This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.